Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a father went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on the good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still, others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times that what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. It's wonderful to be with you today. Uh, During my talk, I'm going to need a hand. And I know that young people today, you often don't want to do things, don't want to be up at the front or doing stuff. So I've decided I'm going to bribe you. So I I have time money here. And it's first come, first served. Uh, the blue notes are, they'll have the most value going down to gre- green ones, going down to coppers and coins. Um, so I need someone, actually two people would be great, to help me introduce where I come from. Can I have two volunteers, please? Yeah, come on up, come on up. Come on down. Okay. One more, please. Could you, could you stand over this side? One more. Yeah. Good lad. Okay, can you grab that end? Two hands. Okay, and can you grab this and then unroll it for me? So this is where I come from. It's Grungtep Mahanakon Amonratanag Gosin Mihintra. Need to go faster. Mihintra Yutia. Mahadile Mahadilok Popnoporat Rachatani Udom 
บุริโรมประชานิเวศมหาสถานอมรพิมานอวตารสถิตสกัดที่อาวุธสารกรรมประสิทธิ์ That's the full name of Bangkok, which is the longest place name in the world. Could you just pop it on the floor, please? Just straight on the floor, and come. Remember the blue ones the most. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, boys. But Bangkok is the capital of Thailand, and this is your harvest festival. And Thailand is one of the countries which is known as the rice bowl of Asia. We have such good soil. About four years ago, I had a frangipani tree. It's a beautiful tree, but I wanted another one. And so I just snapped off a branch, stuck it in the ground, and now I have another full-size frangipani tree. That's how fertile the soil is in Thailand. We can have two, or even sometimes three crops per year. It's so fertile. But I was wondering, what should I talk to you about today at your harvest service? And I thought the parable of the sower. Would be wonderful. Sower. My wife has told me I need to pronounce it clearly because my Northern Irish accent. So I'm not talking about a sore arm. Sower. Okay. Um, but in Mark chapter four, it's not the only place. Actually, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this parable is there because Jesus said it was his most important parable. Let me see if I can. Okay, it's his most important parable because Jesus, as we read in verses one to two, he was so popular. He had to get into a boat, and people were right along the water's edge. It's not like the church, where people like to fill up from the back and stay as far away from the preacher as they can. So people were crowding in. Jesus was immensely popular. People wanted to touch him. People wanted to listen to him. But this. Parable is often misunderstood. If you look in your Bibles, I'm almost certain that it will be called the parable of the sower. But this parable should be called the parable of the soils, not just because I can't pronounce sower properly, but because the sower is only mentioned once. But the soils is the main theme of the parable, and it's really about. Our response to the Word of God. So, in this parable and today, in this service, in the sermon, God is going to be testing your hearing and your hearts. That's the purpose of this parable. So, this parable is very important. Jesus says in verse 13, "Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable?" And he keeps saying. Let him who has ears to hear, let him hear, and he he goes into some detail about hearing. The reason is Jesus wants to say to his disciples and to the crowds, pay attention. Now I'm sure, boys and girls, your mom and dad often have to say this. You're playing your game. It's dinner time. You're supposed to be doing something. Will you pay attention when your mind's elsewhere? But Jesus wants our attention to be focused. On His Word, 
Now, I've brought some props with me, and I hope the first one should be here behind me. Okay, this one is a slightly different version to the one I have on the slide. But can anyone, again, I have money. Can anyone tell me, not adults, by the way, just children. Can anyone tell me what this is or what it's used for? Maybe not the boys who helped me, somebody else. Maybe you see your mummy or daddy using it. Especially early in the morning, they have to get up and drive you to school, and they need this medication before they go. (laughs) What is this? Does anyone know? Yeah. It's a coffee filter. (laughs) Very good. It's a coffee filter, and the purpose of a coffee filter is you want the coffee... But you don't want all of the coffee granules, the coffee grains, to go into your coffee because that doesn't taste very nice. So why have I brought a coffee filter? Because many people think parables are there to make Jesus easily understood. These stories are very easy to understand. But Jesus says, no. I tell people stories as a filter to find out which people are open to hearing from God. Which people have their ears and their mind and their hearts open to hear from God? So in verses 10 to 12, he says, it's to to help to see which people are going to hear. So the word of God is always testing us. It's always filtering us. And even now in this room, it's doing that. Some of you are maybe already thinking, oh, what have I got for lunch? Did I turn the oven on? Oh, uh, you know, what's happening tomorrow? Oh, is there, there's, no, there's no Premier League matches today, so, so you won't be thinking about that. But, but you may be thinking about tomorrow. You may be thinking about your homework, which you should have done, maybe. We're thinking about other things. Maybe some people, you want to glance at your phone. Maybe for others, if you've got an Apple Watch or some device, you know, it's, it's, it's binging you and you're getting messages. And, and we're easily distracted, aren't we? And sometimes we need to ask God to help us to be better listeners to his word, that we're spiritually ready. I used to wonder, why is it that some people come to church and they bow their heads and they kind of pray before the service has even started? I used to wonder, why are they doing that? And then I realized, oh, they're actually asking God, help me to be a good listener. Help me to be ready to respond to what God wants to say to me. In verse 3, Jesus says, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 9, he says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. You know, when I was about 16, I had to go to hospital because I lost my hearing in one, one ear. And I had to go and they had to look and find out. And it turned out that a cotton bud had got into my ear. Um, and that was, that was the problem. And, uh, but my friends used to call me twice because they had to say everything to me twice because not only was my hearing in one ear bad, but I was always wearing headphones. I was always listening to music. And now we have Apple AirPods Pro or whatever kind of 
earbuds or headphones you're using, which are noise cancelling. So my wife could be talking to me, my kids could be talking to me, and I don't hear a thing. But Jesus is concerned that we're listening carefully to God's word. In verse 14, he says, the sower sows the word, and the word is the word of God. And in every case, the word is good seed. It's not the problem with the seed. The problem is with the soils that it falls into. And that's really a picture of our hearts. And I want to say that there's four kinds of hearts in this room this morning. And I want to ask you, what's your response as you listen to God's word? The first kind of heart is like a walk. Or this is more of a frying pan, but in Thailand we use a wok. That's the main thing. And my daughter just went to university. And the first thing we had to do was we had to get her set up with rice cooker and wok because she lives on Thai food. She was born in Thailand. But what's special about the inside of this frying pan? Sorry? It's non-stick. I'm not sure who that was, but you can get get some money from me afterwards. It's non-stick. So this is the one, boys and girls, where if you're doing washing up for your mother, do not get the Brillo pad and rub it around this, or you'll be in big trouble. And the purpose of non-stick is that nothing sticks. And Jesus is saying that the first kind of soil is like a non-stick heart. They listen to God's word, and it's gone. Nothing sticks. It's in one ear and out the other. Not responsive not willing to listen, maybe dislike the message. Maybe you're here because somebody brought you here, but you don't really want to. You're too cool for school. You're too much, much too cool for church. And you don't want to tell your mates on Monday morning, I was at church. That's the last thing that you want. Your heart is hard. You don't want to be here. And the Bible says that the devil is always ready to take away the word of God. When I was a kid and I went to church, I've got to say, I was just like that. I went to church morning and evening. That was the culture back in Northern Ireland in those days. But my church wasn't as good as this one. This church is a great one for distractions. You could count the lights. You could count the pews. You could count the stained glass windows. You could, you can, but nowadays you've got smartphones. We didn't have those in those days, but but distracted. I was a distracted person. I was just like this. I had a hard heart. I heard the word of God every week, but it was like Teflon. I had a Teflon-coated heart, was not willing to listen. The next kind of heart is a shallow heart. That's one with little soil. And Jesus explains in verse 15, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. The devil's always willing to, to take away the word of God. To um, uh, uh, Sometimes it's opposition. We, we don't want to, to hear it. Sorry, I'm on the wrong one. Um, now this summer, this summer you've had a very hot summer. What happened to the grass? I don't know if it happened in Hartford. Maybe you're too far north. Did something happen to your grass at your home? 
it went brown. Now, can anyone tell me why would the grass go brown? I'll save you the walk. Why would the grass go brown? Why did it go brown? That's right. Because grass has very shallow roots. And so when there was no water, it went brown. Did the trees die? Did the trees go brown? Mostly no, because they have roots that go down deep. And so Jesus is talking about people who have shallow roots. Others were sown, uh, verse 16 to 17, others like seeds sown in rocky places hear the word and at once they receive it with joy. They think, wow, this is great. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Now, I am working with some Afghan refugees. They're from Hazara people who are very badly persecuted, but they're also Christians. So they're persecuted because of their race, also persecuted because they have become believers in Jesus. Very hard to be a Christian in Afghanistan, but our friends tried to be Christians there. But for many people here in Hartford, oh yeah, become a Christian, maybe go to camp. It's wonderful at camp, lots of fun things. You get the Oscars and you get to do shooting and discover you're an amazing sniper. But then you come back to school and you're here with your friends in Hartford and they don't think it's cool. They don't think it's amazing. They actually think, oh, what? You've become a Bible thumper? When I became a Christian, people used to have bets as to how long Johnny would stop drinking with the other rugby lads. And some people used to call me the Pope. So as soon as I entered the room, people say, the Pope's arrived. Um, or other jokes like that. But praise God, 37 years later, I'm still a Christian. But for many people, become a Christian a short time, gets a bit tough, fall away. wonder if that's your experience. When trouble comes, how do you know if someone's a true believer in Jesus? Wait until trouble comes. Wait until difficulty comes, and that's the test. The third kind of seed is a busy heart. This is one where I don't know how many people love money. Uh, I have a friend in Bangkok. He says, time is money. He said, Johnny, I would love to go to church. And when he was younger, he did. But he said, time is money. He said, every day that I'm in the factory, I am earning so many tens of thousands of baht per day. Coming to church is a waste of my money, is a waste of my time. But sadly, that man, his whole family is broken up because he's had no time for his kids. He's had no time for his wife. All he's had time for is his work and for money. And Jesus is talking about that in verses... Um, uh, verse 18, he says, Still others, like seeds sown amongst the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, that means money, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Now, money's a good thing. You know, we can't buy anything. We can't live without money. But it's when it begins to take over and push out 
the word of God. And that's a danger. And like weeds, like the thorns, you know, they, they don't knock on the door and say, by the way, I've come to take over your life. But it slowly creeps in. And before you know it, wow, I used to go to church. Wow, I used to spend time with God every day. Wow, my life has changed so much overnight. And we haven't been thinking about it. It's been a slow, sneaky takeover. Jesus says there's a church like that in Revelation. He said, how do you get out of it? Turn back. Turn back to your first love. Now, this has all been bad news, but I want to leave you with some good news because Jesus says there's a fruitful heart. There's a kind of soil that produces fruit 30-fold, 50-fold, 60-fold. It's abundant, super abundant fruitfulness. And um, I've brought a lovely fruit bowl because it is a harvest. And thankfully, they've got pineapples. Pineapples is one of the the big fruits that's just grown in Thailand. It was brought by an American missionary about 150 years ago from Hawaii. But you tell a Thai person that it came from Hawaii, they wouldn't believe you. Just like Irish people, I thought potatoes were from, Thai, from, from Ireland, but they're not. They're from South America. But this is the picture of what Jesus wants our hearts to be like, fruitful. In other words, that the word of God doesn't just go in one ear and out the other, but it stays in our lives. It goes with us as we leave the door. Now, I don't know if you've had the situation like me where you leave church and somebody says, what was the sermon about? And you go, "Uh -uh, not sure, can't remember. But those who do remember, who do let the word of God seep into your life, it can change you. It can make you into a better person. I want to give you a story of a boy called C. That's his real nickname, by the way, C. Because his older sister was A, and he has another sister called C, uh, uh, called B, and he was C. C became a Christian when I was a, a young missionary in Thailand. And he went into his classroom, and he told other people about Jesus. And about 15 of his friends became Christians, started going to church. And then he started to share it with his aunt, and she became a Christian. His older sister, she became a Christian. His mom and dad, they became Christians. And now he's up in North Thailand and he's planted five churches. That's the kind of fruitfulness that Jesus wants to see. Maybe not that you're going to plant churches all over the world, but that we're telling others. We want to share the good news with other people. So I wonder this morning, how's your hearing? How's your heart? Is it open to God? Is it open to his word? Are you like some of these other soils, hard shallow, or just too busy. But I pray that you'll have a fruitful and an open heart to God. Amen.